Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Today's guest wants you to be brave, and in fact, she says she wants you to have a holy courage. But in order to do that, she says you need to be afraid. I'm Mike Tom. Colleen Hood is off today. Yes, today's guest says that a holy courage comes from a holy fear. It's a really interesting conversation and a really helpful one, I think, for a lot of us. We'll start that conversation next on Connections. Katie Westenberg has a countercultural plan to help you where you are, whether it's knee-deep in fears regarding parenting, the future, your marriage, or just living in a world that feels unstable. Katie has some great ideas for us today to face those fears and turn to a holy fear and a holy courage. But Katie, first, I detect an American accent. Where are we talking to you from today? I'm calling from Washington State, the non-Seattle part of Washington. (laughs) The the rest of Washington, eh? Yeah, it does exist. (laughs) Uh, So, Katie, you have a brand new book out called I Choose Brave. The great thing about this book is it was actually spurred from a blog that you started and a, a community surrounding that. Tell us a little bit about how that came to be. Yeah, yeah, it's really just how uh, the Lord uses our small acts of faithfulness. I started a blog five or six years ago and really just wanted to work on writing and processing what I was, um, just how the Lord was growing me in, in a small space. And um, and I thought maybe later on, I have four at the time, they were very young children at home, and now they're five or six years older. But I thought it's something maybe later on I would work at more, but just, just process what the Lord said. Um, he kind of had different ideas and and I was asked to write a few other places, and the blog grew, and I just felt like the, the timeliness of the message, the need to talk about a biblical foundation for courage, um, kind of really sent it down a different trail, but we landed here. That's cool. Did you have, like, when you were a kid, did you dream of writing and stuff, or was that something that just came later in life? Uh, well, I won an essay contest when I was in second grade. Nice. I'm pretty sure that was the beginning of all of it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the essay on? Do you remember? Oh man, I think it was it was patriotic. I wish I could dig that out. But, <laughs> but really, my heart had been you know I, I had big ambitions when I graduated from high school. I went to college, and then I ended up marrying my high school sweetheart. So my heart was really toward home at this time. This I'm going to raise these children, and I homeschool these kids, and my focus was there. So I wasn't really um, I'm seeing a book in the future. So it was it was fun to see what what God uncovered there. It's a really interesting topic too. Uh, like. Godly fear. Now, I used to be a pastor before doing this show, and it, I don't know if that's even something that I understand very well. Godly fear, you hear it all throughout the Bible, right? Why do you think that we have such a t- tough time understanding what that means? Well, historically even, I think we, we tend to take the parts of Scripture that are easy and applicable for us. Yeah. And we kind of swing the pendulum to one side to the other. So now we're going to talk, you know, there, was, there was a time of healthcare and brimstone sermons where this might be more popular, and then we're back to an, to an age of grace. And so we kind of kind of go one or the other. And, and so it's easy for us to see the concept of do not fear in Scripture. And we hear that so many times, like this. It's mentioned in the Bible 365 times, do not yeah. fear. I haven't counted them. I don't know if that's true. We it's that not lot. actually true. But I found time, that out as a pastor. <laughs> Okay, you tell it them. <laughs> Someone needed to. <laughs> so as I was reading Scripture, and just, it was really at the time I committed to reading the Bible through in a year, the first time I'd ever done that, because you're just taking in copious amounts of Scripture every day. 
And I was realizing how many times we are called to fear the Lord. Absolutely, we're called to not fear in many situations, but almost as many times we're called to fear Him. Hmm. And it was that own questioning in my mind, like, why do I not care more about this? Why do I not really know what this means that dug me, that spurred me to dig deeper and see what does this mean? Why is this here and why don't we talk about this? So that's kind of what spurred the writing about it. That's really interesting. So what is a, a healthy, holy fear of of God then? What does that mean to you? It, it's really a greater perspective and view of God giving him full authority and authorship of our life. Ah. And we see the fruit of such a perspective outlined so clearly in Scripture. It's a, it's a natural humility, a natural submission. And, and I, I think the transition from that is this courage that we hunger for, this bravery that's so popular, comes from that security in Him. When we know who He is, how big He is, how strong and powerful He is, then that's when we move about with courage in the world. But separate from that, separate from knowing how big He is, we are going to move about in horizontal fear, in fear of the things, in fear of the unknown, because we don't have a healthy understanding of that vertical fear. That's really interesting. So this fear of God really takes us to this place of assurance of who God is. And then, like you said, humility, uh, submission, and it leads to also then, if you have a holy fear, a holy courage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what You said you studied the scripture a lot. What are a couple of verses that uh, maybe stuck out to you or what comes up in your book uh, when it comes to this subject? Uh, well, the fun thing is, is that when I started to study this and kind of outline these verses and lay them out, um, well, first of all, my first goal was to weed out really easily, kind of like how we, we learn about love in the Bible. There's, this, there's several different types of love. There's the agape love and the phileo love. And so I just thought if I looked at the Greek and Hebrew roots of what it means to fear, then I would outline the vertical fear, horizontal fear. Here we go. This is actually quite complicated and different, different when we look at Scripture because the word from fear is actually the same in many of those cases. So then we understand a, a new enlightenment of what, what fear means. When we talk about fearing the Lord, there's a reason that, like, say, Moses and Isaiah were trembling yeah, at, the, right? at the sight of God. Yeah, and so I, sometimes I think we've just minimized that in a sort of casualness in our language. Like, whoa, I think to fear him really means to fear him. When we're in his presence, are we understanding how big and powerful he is? Yeah, I often so then, wonder, actually, you hear people say, like, oh, I had an encounter with God, and they describe, and it's this really happy kind of, I don't know, it's almost like they met a famous person the way they describe it. But I often think, like, wait, if you, like, had a, straight up encounter with God, I think you'd fall to the ground in fear and trembling like some of those Old Testament prophets, right? Absolutely, because if we know he's immutable and changing, yeah, wouldn't our wouldn't our relationship be the same? And that, that's where I think we get to this one-sidedness, because we also understand the intimacy with the Lord and the friendship we have with the Lord, but the only way we know of relating is on a human level, and then we get this casualness in our relationship. So, so from there, I just became like looking at the verses and seeing what is the fruit of fearing him. The whole second half of the book goes over those verses, like who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the way he should go. And that's from Psalm twenty-five, twelve, or even just the beginning of wisdom. I feel like in our culture, particularly with, with what's going on in the world right now, we are hungry for discernment and wisdom. It is unclear what we should do in the divisiveness in the church is rampant. But if we are hungry for wisdom... As it says in Proverbs repeatedly, we have to begin with fearing the Lord. This is the place to start. He's given us a 
the direction, start here, start here. So this is just really a call to start here. That's so great. Now you mentioned like starting there, it eventually leads to that holy courage. Uh, and that's why I was, I'll admit, like I read the name of the book, I Choose Brave. And it's like, okay. And then I started looking into it. And it's like, it's all about fear. I don't understand. But you kind of explained to us now that holy fear brings us to the assurance and humility and submission, which eventually brings us to the courage. What does a life of holy courage look like? Mm, good question. Um, it looks different than the world would sell it to be. And that is something interesting about the title because, Brave has taken on a whole new meaning in our time and place. And sometimes we're calling things that go directly against what the Bible instructs. We're calling them brave. And when I see that, it always makes my stomach churn because I think if that's what bravery is, if it's defying what God has called good, then I don't want anything to do with that. But at the same time, we know in Scripture that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So that desire in us to align ourselves with courage, that's the reason we see these Facts and home decor stores and it's all over jewelry to be brave. We want that. We desire that because that is what we are created for. We know him. So it definitely looks different than the world, different than you'd see on a lipstick ad. This isn't just put lipstick on and, mm-hmm. um, and all of a sudden we're brave, but it's knowing Christ. And so that changes how we interact in the world. world. It changes um, our decisions. It's the confidence we have because it all of a sudden is aligned with him, not with us. It becomes that vertical transition from the horizontal. I don't want to throw a curveball at you, but this just got me thinking because uh, I have an almost three-year-old daughter. And all of a sudden, she's afraid of a lot of different things. But this has me thinking, wait, how do I raise a child to have a healthy fear of God and and holy courage? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I absolutely do because oh, one of the blessings of fearing him is a heritage. And I think about mm. that so much as a parent. I didn't want to write a book only designed for parents. But I think we're all leaving a heritage, whether we're a parent or not. But in Psalm 61, it says, For you, O God, heard my vows. You've given me the heritage of those who bear your name. And that makes me think, when I, when I fear the Lord, when I'm putting Him as the total authority in my life, then that is going to pass on and overflow to the people underneath me, the kids in my, in my home, the people that are surrounding me. And so I think a lot of that just... Um, is worked out applicably in letting my kids know the processes that we're, that we're going through to make decisions. And we're in a world that's kind of scary. There's a pandemic. What does that mean? Am I going to preach fear to my kids? Am I going to let them yeah. pick that up from the world around them? Or am I going to tell them something different here, a different truth that we hear the Lord? And here is the history throughout Scripture, how He provides for His people. This is the same God, and I want them to know Him here. So it's just an overflowing of what I'm processing with the Lord and sharing that with my kids, teaching them that this is how it works. This is how we can live differently than the world does. I love that. That's so good. Thank you. Uh, yeah. In in the book, you also open up actually uh, kind of related to your experience with a high-risk pregnancy and unfortunately uh, the stillbirth of your first daughter. What was that experience like for you? Did that change your understanding of godly fear or holy courage? Uh, well, it definitely brought fear to the, the forefront of my mind. I would say that I'm not naturally someone who stresses or worries a lot. And up until that point of my life, that was now 14 years ago, um, I hadn't had really anything bad happen to me. Mm. Um, praise the Lord. You know, some people have stories from early on in their life of major challenges, and I hadn't had any just fight in front of me like that. So it was definitely a shaking of my faith. What happens when you pray and pour your heart out for something, and it is the prayer is not answered the way you want it to. Like, there's no way that can't rattle your faith and what you believe. 
there was a time of knowing the Lord through suffering, and I think when we know Him there, it really does change everything. And and the what what thing I find so interesting about that story is I, I didn't really intend to share it throughout the book. I was kind of sharing it in one chapter, and then through processing with the, the publisher and my agent, they said, I think we need to break this up and share it throughout. It's just, it's not necessarily about um, having a stillborn child, although that's a unique issue, and that's how the Lord met me. But um, it's really about suffering. It's about going through trials with the Lord, and we can relate to those, whether it's a friend or family member with cancer, or it's a worldwide pandemic that is scary, and we don't know what the results are going to be. It's learning to trust Him and know Him anew in those really hard places, because a lot of times that's where He speaks the loudest. For people uh, that are listening to this and they're wondering, like, well, what what can really happen to my life? What can change in my life and my faith life if I start uh, pursuing this? Tell us, like, what are what are the things that can take place in our lives and transform us with this pursuit of holy courage? Well, that's, that's the fun thing throughout Scripture is that it's mentioned so many times with so much good fruit. There is hope for those who fear Him. There is a heritage for those who fear Him. Uh, there is peace for those who fear him. So when we go through the scriptures, and I go through quite a few of them, and that last half of the book is all different chapters of fearing him. And uh, But I also want to leave it wide open, because I feel like when you're in situations where you're learning something new, something, I guess it's not new, it's uncovering what's already there. But when the Holy Spirit like pricks our consciousness to be more aware of this, we start seeing it everywhere. That's kind of the fun thing about sharing this book, is that then friends and family are contacting me and think, wait, I saw this scripture about fear of the Lord in Ecclesiastes. Absolutely. Ecclesiastes yeah. hammers it. There's all kinds of places. It's not an Old Testament concept. It's not an antiquated concept. It's for today. It's for now. So it just starts jumping off the page, the, the hope and promises we have from fearing Him. What's your hope and prayer for people that pick up this book and read it? Oh, that's a good one. So um, early on as I was studying, I think it's Spurgeon who had a quote that said, the fear of the Lord is really Holy Spirit work. And then, so I asked the question, why am I writing the book? <laughs> do this? But if there's any way that my story, my experience of knowing him more here can be the conduit through which he works, then I absolutely want to share that. If they can see him through my suffering, through my challenges, and that can be used to glorify him, then I want to be the one to offer that and just, and just trust him with it. So I have prayed a lot. I have a whole prayer team of women here on the ground at my church, women who know me face-to-face to pray for these words and the women that would then that would read them and that the Lord would use them and see what he does with them. And that's, that's more than we can ever ask or imagine on this side. Yeah. Uh, for those of us that want to pick up a copy of the book or get to know more about you and follow along with what else you're doing, what are the best ways to do that? Uh, you can connect with me at katiewestenberg.com. And I'm under Katie Westenberg, or I choose Raylan on social media. And the book releases August 4th, so a little less than two weeks away from now. And it's available for pre-order right now on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, basically, wherever books are sold. What did it feel like the first time you held that copy of your very own book in your hands and flipped the pages open? <laughs> Actually, a little anticlimactic, <laughs> because in the season... 
shipping of everything is delayed, right? Yeah. So I, I thought these books were going to be here. I actually got the first book two weeks ago. Oh, no, I'm sorry, two nights ago. No way. So uh, when it came, no, yeah, and I was gone, and my husband opened, opened the package, and he was like, hey, look what arrived. So it's just, I thought, this is how it would be, just a part of normal life, just doing your work faithfully while I make dinner. Here's the package. No one's arrived. So um, it was sweet and, and how normal it was. You know what? That's really powerful in a way, though, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. I've, I've heard of people like getting emotional when they see their yeah. book or smelling them. And I thought, I wonder if I'll just have this emotion. It was just, okay, here's another part of our life. We'll keep on going because there's maybe dinner, right? <laughs> I love it. It's That's great. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for joining us today and, uh, yeah, helping us think about uh, being brave and having a holy fear of God. I love it. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for the good work you do here. Make sure to check that book out, I Choose Brave by Katie Westenberg. Don't forget, if you missed the episodes on air, it repeats every evening on your radio station from 10 to 12 p.m. You can also find the full audio on your radio station's website or just find the Connections podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating. It makes it easier for everybody to find us. We'll talk to you again on Connections.